0: Welcome you to Encounter Church. My name is Chris Causey, I'm lead pastor, and um, I am so excited about this month and this series, and really, even in the song, actually, in the song that you'll hear after the message today, I think really, in some ways, set the, the tone for what I'm praying for in the second half of this year. You've made it through the first half of, you know, 2022, which, by the way, we thought 2021 was crazy, and we thought 2020 was crazy, and then 2020. Two said basically you haven't seen anything yet, right? You know, just like, hey, let's throw a global war in there and um, kind of flirt with that one for a little bit and see what happens. Um, And now we're kind of staring at uh, some financial tensions and questions and frustrations and the political climate is still very much um, uh, very volatile. And so as we look to the second half of the year, just my own personal journey through this year. It's like, how do we set the stage for where we're headed? And, and there's kind of two things in this month that I think um, really helped to set the stage and give you a preview for where this fall, I believe, as a church we're going to be headed. Uh, one is that starting next week, we're going to have small groups kicking off. We have, we have a group on Tuesday night. We have a group on Wednesday night that's uh, all women's study. I'm um, really excited about both happening here, 7 p.m., and so if you're interested in being a part of those groups, signing up for those groups, I encourage you to do that. You can do that through the Encounter Church app, which you can download for free at EncounterChurch.com forward slash app, um, or Swing by Starting Point, which is a glass space on the way out, and we'll, we'll help you get set up for either one of those groups. So Tuesday night here, um, and then Wednesday night is just an, a ladies group study. So um, that's one thing that we, we have going on this month that I'm excited about. The other thing is a series, a special series that we're going to be for the next month. And... Um, one of the things that if you've spent time at Encounter Church, you know that we do things a little differently. Um, part of it's my, my natural kind of upbringing and um, my skepticism of faith and church, and I'm really conscious of, you know, anything that would reek of manipulation or kind of anti-intellectualism. And so we will, kind of a passion point of mine is I don't believe I should be the only voice teaching the Bible in your life. I'm not a cult leader, I do not hear from God directly, I do not have some red phone in my bedroom, um, which I guess, you know, we wouldn't have those phones anyway, because that would be God being really old school, it would probably be some kind of holographic communication device, if we were communicating with heaven in that regard, um, but I don't have that, I have the Bible, I have the spirit of God living in me, and, and I study diligently, and, um, and so part of the church's passion is we believe there should be multiple voices teaching the bibles that you can engage thoughtfully with and that you get different perspectives that are still rooted in scripture um, but reflect different kind of aspects and perspectives from life so um, with that said this month we get to have that Uh, so in the month of july i typically pull back for a season will not teach from the stage um, so that i can bring in the voices that i think are going to be really impactful for you and this month we're going to be hearing over the next five weeks from two different voices that I think are going to be really helpful for you, especially as you think about the fall. One of them, um, they're all going to be doing this one series called Paper Walls. And the idea uh, is let's lean into the conversation around excuses in our lives. Um, I don't know about you, uh, but there are um, plenty of areas in my life that if you ask me right now, why am I not doing anything about it, I can give you a because. And those because sound really strong to me, very solid to me. But oftentimes, they're excuses. And this is a conversation around that this month is how do we uproot the things in our lives that are excuses that are holding us back from a life filled with better decisions and fewer regrets? How do we make the second half of 2022 better than the first half that we've just lived through? And so to do that, um, we have um, Andy Stanley who's going to be joining us via video for two weeks, and we're going to have Dallas Darnell, who's part of this church, in the other two weeks, and they're going to tag team this this conversation around breaking free from the excuses that hold us back in life, and I'm excited for you to hear that. Now, someone asked me earlier, they're like, oh, you don't have to speak for a month. You get a vacation. It's like, nope, I actually work harder, because what it gives me an ability to do is work on fall, um, and I am so excited about what I'm already working on for the series in the fall, for some of the events that we're starting to plan and dream about. And so I can't wait because I think, honestly, this may be the most exciting season this church has ever had um, coming up. And so this gives, yes, thank you, whoever just clapped, because I can't see you, right, all of you. Um, so I'm super excited, and this is, so what I'm working on is what you're going to be stepping into in the next few months. And, and God's already at work in the midst of that. So um, I hope we all, including myself, Lean in to this month's conversation around paper walls and that you and I discover that there are um, things that do not have to hold us back from lives filled with better decisions and fewer regrets. So today, we're going to hear from Andy, and I hope you enjoy it. So let's jump in.
1: Now, um, there are, and you know this, there are are a lot of things that are worth carrying forward in our lives from one season to the next, one year to the next. Um, Good friends, um, good habits. And then there are some things that we should leave behind, things that are not worth carrying from one season to the next, from one year to the next. And for the next few weeks, we're gonna talk about one of those things because one of those things that all of us should get in the habit of leaving behind are excuses, excuses. Excuses are like paper walls. That from a distance, they look like real obstacles. Um, From a distance, they look impenetrable. From a distance, they look like we really don't have any choice, but to do what we're doing or not to do what we're not doing or to not try or to not try again. In fact, from a distance, an excuse looks like an actual reason. Now, there's a reason I can't throw a 97-mile-an-hour fastball, right? But there, there is no actual reason for me not to, well, I'm not sure I know you well enough to, to finish that sentence, but there are some things that I need to do that, um, you know, I, 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 I have reasons for. But if you were to push a little bit, you may discover that my reasons aren't really good reasons. They're really, they're really just excuses, so, excuses get passed off as reasons, and excuses easily become in the real world because because all of us have some because that we habitually hide behind when certain things come up right i mean wh- why don't you well you know because well, why haven 't you well because i mean why why do you just keep on you know with that well. Because why don't you start? Because why don't you stop? Because why don't you just why don't you just forgive her? Well, because you know why did you quit? Why did you stay? Um, Why did you choose to leave? Why why don't you just tell him? Why don't you just tell her? Because 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 we've got becauses excuses, pass himself off as reasons, and then in our real world vocabulary they become. Causes right. There's a fine line. We're going to talk about this for a few. Weeks. There's actually a fine line between a reason and an excuse, and one always disguises itself as the other. In fact, the, the, the way that we you know talk about or refer to excuses when we're talking about other people actually underscores this. So what what do we say when we think somebody's you know they're making up excuses? We just say, Hey, you are making excuses. In other words, you don't have any real reasons. You're passing these off as reasons. We hear because, 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 because. But the truth is, I see what's going on here. You are making excuses. That is, you are just making things up. God, we say, quit making excuses. You are fabricating things. You are inventing things. Again, and the implication is, these aren't real. You think they're real. You're trying to pass them off as real. But I see what's going on here, right? Implication, you know, you're just making stuff up. You've, you've created in your mind a paper wall and you're trying to convince me that it's actually a real wall. You, you've created in your mind a paper wall and you're trying to pass it off as an actual obstacle. You're, what you're doing is you're dressing up an excuse. You're dressing up an excuse in an attempt to pass it off as a reason. And isn't it true? This is so easy to see in our children. It is so easy to see in our grandchildren. It was so easy for our parents to see, in us, right, when we were children living at home. It's pretty easy to see when our employees are doing it, even when a friend is doing it, or a neighbor's doing it, or a boss. You know, if you've ever been in one of those meetings, you know, your boss, your manager calls everybody together and they start explaining something and they start giving the reasons, and you're smart, you see right through it. It's like, that's not a reason. You, you had to come up with a reason because you're busted. You had to come up with a reason because things aren't going well. Those aren't the actual reasons, those are excuses, and you're disguising your excuses as a reason. In fact, this is so easy to see in other people. It's so easy to see in other people that <laughs> some of you are thinking right now about who you hope is listening to this message. Or how do I get my kids to listen to this one? How much will I have to pay them? It was 20 bucks last time. I don't know how much, you know, has the rate gone up? In other words, it's, it's so easy to see in other people. We hope everybody will recognize those aren't real reasons. Those are excuses that you're disguising as a reason. We can, we can spot an excuse in somebody else a mile away. We can't see it six inches away in the mirror. What we say is the reason... The reason, the reason, the reason, what we almost never say is, wouldn't this be refreshing? Well, my excuse is, so I thought as we get this started off, because this is so uncomfortable, right? In fact, some of you who are watching, you're like, I'm glad I'm not there for this because I can distract myself and I can, you know, maybe change the subject. And I hope my person I'm watching with doesn't finish this because we've already had this discussion and he or she's already called me out on this. So I thought it would be fun to just practice something that we virtually never say that perhaps we should say more often this may this may change a relationship for you this may change a relationship between you and your kids or your parents or a husband and wife so i just want you to re- repeat after me and it, you know just look straight ahead no elbows you know no texting did you hear that just 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 us okay just repeat after me my excuse is my excuse yeah a little more you know world my excuse is my excuse so repeat after me you know what honey My excuse is, yeah, wouldn't that be refreshing? You know how you know it's be refreshing? Because you would love to hear him or her or your kids to say it. You know, why didn't you finish your homework? Well, Dad, my excuse is, wow, hey, at least we're on this, at least we're, you know, dealing with reality, right? Why are you late? Well, my excuse is, what if we, if nothing else, if we don't get anything else out of this series, what if we just quit disguising our excuses as reasons? And because, what if we acknowledge, you know what, this isn't real. I've just made this up. And here's the challenge and here's the question we're gonna come back to for the next few weeks because it's, this is emotional and I'm gonna give you some illustrations but they're pr- kind of light, you know, I'll admit that up front but just to kind of get our head in the game. Is it possible, I'm not accusing you because I don't know you. Is it, is it possible, are you at least willing to consider that perhaps some of your reasons, some of your because are actually just paper walls. They're actually excuses, something you've created. And, and, and the thing is, you have a reason for why you created the paper wall. Okay? The excuse, you know, is we present it as a reason, but there is a reason we make excuses. And if we ever get back to the source of our excuses, we'll probably drop some of the excuses or acknowledge, you know what, that's just an excuse for something else. A paper wall or an excuse, maybe yours are constructed of things that someone told you. Maybe something someone called you. Maybe something someone labeled you in the past. Maybe it's something that someone expected of you and you didn't come through. So now you're through, and anytime that topic or that challenge comes up, it's like, oh, no, 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 because in your mind, I tried that and I failed. Nope, 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 just not gonna do it. Is it possible, and this is, I think this is all of us at some level, is it possible you've invented reasons to defend certain behaviors, reactions, overreactions? Why do you always overreact? Well, I'll tell you why I overreact, and then you present your paper wall why do you always over, you know, whenever your mom, whenever your dad, whenever we see them, you just, you just kind of light up. Why? Well, let me tell you why. And it's really just a paper wall. Now you got a reason because we're rational people. We have to have a because. We can't say, I don't know. I have no idea, honey, but that's just what I'm gonna, you know, no, We just, well, because. Hey, is it possible you have created a paper wall or an excuse for why you procrastinate about certain things? Why you neglect certain things, why you avoid certain things? Is it possible you've created a paper wall for why you avoid certain kinds of people, certain people, certain kinds of people, events, circumstances, opportunities? I'll I'll give you an illustration again. This is kind of light. I've shared this with some of you before. Um, When I was in high school, uh, our high school went from eighth to 12th. We didn't have middle school, eighth to 12th grade. And so I was a failed high school athlete everything I tried out for did not make it. Now, I'm tempted to tell you why, because that's what we do, right? The reason, I mean, I'm tempted, as soon as I say that I wanna go, the reason is because we had a big high school, you know, blah, blah, blah. But the point is, I just, I just I was, didn't make it as an athlete and I love sports, but I just wasn't good enough. There, I said it, I just wasn't good enough, right? I mean, I just, you know, you gotta get it out there, right? So what happened is I just didn't like athletes. Started in high school. I've told you some of this. So if you're an athlete, it's like, oh, no wonder he just walks, right. no, I just, I just, and you know why I didn't like him? Because I wanted to be one and I failed. I couldn't be what I wanted. So it's just, it's easier not to like them to, than to admit something about me, which is, let me I'm just gonna ask you a question. This isn't the topic, but I just can't pass by this. This is, maybe this is why you're watching. Are there, Are there types of people you just don't like? Rich people, pretty people, people who graduated, people who didn't graduate—you know, college grads—are there? Are there whole categories of people you don't like? You should pay attention to that because you think it's them. It's not. It's you. We're going to come back to that. So just you know, you know, put a little check mark by that. You know. So here, here, So here's what what happened to me. So as I became, you know, started doing ministry and got some kind of successful, I got invited to speak to all these sports franchises, college teams and chaplains, you know, do chapel before NFL game. Teams would come to town. I get all these calls and 100% of the time, it's like, nope, I'm busy. Nope, I'm busy. Nope, I'm busy. I can't. I would, I would, I would love to lie. I would love to lie, lie, lie. I would not love to. I would be so intimidated. I don't even know who you are. I don't even know the rules to that game. Okay, but you know, I would love to, but I'm too busy. And I would pass off these opportunities to some of my friends. Oh, Andy, you're so humble. I'm so humble. (laughs) It was just an excuse. I was just intimidated. I was just uncomfortable. Here's something, this is big, this is huge, okay? You know what, is at the root of your excuses? And I know we've never met, but this is true of all excuses. At the root of an excuse is blaming something internal on something external. This is so insidious. It's something that's wrong with me, but it's so hard to look in the mirror to admit, so I decide it's not me, it's something out there. And the moment I decide it's something out there, the moment I decide it's something out there, I begin constructing a wall. And I think I'm protecting myself, I'm actually hemming myself in, and I'm keeping myself out of opportunities and maybe relationships and maybe better relationships because of something I just won't admit to myself. You know what happens? I won't sounds like, well, I can't. The truth is I won't, but I'm not gonna say I won't. I just say, I can't. I'm afraid to try sounds like, well, then that's just not my thing. You know, that's just not me. I, I don't really care about that. The truth is I'm afraid to try, but I'm not gonna say I'm afraid to try. I'm gonna say, you know what, that's just not my thing. And after a while, this becomes like a reality. Again, it's an excuse. It's a reason I've manufactured. Is it because I hide behind that you hide behind? So, back to the, the, the sports thing for a second. So, um, when Andrew and Garrett, my two sons, started, got interested in sports, I wanted them to be interested in music. They weren't interested in music. They were interested in sports because God's like, I'll show you. Anyway, so, which which is fine. So, they start playing baseball, you know, the eight, nine, 10 years old. So, um, you know, they always want dads to be the coaches. Well, do you think I volunteered to coach my sons? Are you kids? Like, nope, uh-uh, you guys got this, you know? I mean, they're eight years old, I know. But, you know, I, I'm i left, ready for this one? Okay, Don't laugh. See if you can not laugh. I'm left-handed. I can't even borrow a glove. (laughs) Get it? Because you know, because everybody's right-handed. Okay, yeah, you didn't get it. Anyway, I had I had came up with all kinds of paper walls, right? So then, the coolest or not coolest, the awful thing that turned out to be a cool thing happened. So, um, Andrew, my oldest, is ten years old, and they just moved up to kid pitch. Some of you remember kid pitch. This is when ten-year-olds throw baseballs at other ten-year-olds. Okay, they call it kid pitch, but there's you know this is a kid pitching. Anyway, so kid pitch. It's the second game. I'm on the bleachers with my friend Dave because I'm not about you know I'm just gonna be you know the dad fan. Second game. This dad, three bleachers down or three rows down, the umpire makes a call. Keep in mind, these boys are 10 years old, okay, 10 years old. And this dad goes berserk. He is literally, he jumps down. He is standing behind the umpire. His hands are wrapped around the chain link fence, and he is screaming at the umpire. They are it, 10 years old, he's, he's lost his mind. And the umpire turns around and says, okay, and he knew his name, he called him by name because he had done this before. He said, you need to sit down or I'm gonna throw you out of the park. And he's just, R-r-r-r-r-r. he throws his dad out of the park, says, leave the park, he says, we're holding the game so you leave the park. And he's cussing and, and I'm sitting there going, what have we signed our kids up for? Then our coach, daddy coach, comes out of the dugout and he starts getting on the umpire about the call and throwing his buddy out So the umpire, now some of you are like, yeah, seen this a thousand times. Others of you are like, I'm not allowing my kids to play organized sports, okay? If I ever have kids. So then the umpire, I'm not making any of this up, umpire throws our coach out. You're out, leave the park. Then the assistant coach comes out and this is almost a quote. So I guess if you're gonna throw him out, you're gonna throw me out too. Throws the assistant coach out, calls the game. The boys are 10 years old, they're like, this all happened within you know, a minute and a half, right? The game over. Now they're 10 years old. Do you know what their biggest concern is? Are we still going to Brewster's? <laughs> Does this mean we can't go to Brewster's? I mean, they're 10 years old, they want, uh, that's an ice cream place for those of you who live in different parts of the country or the world, yeah. They, so then the coaches you know, get the boys together and they're apologizing, the umpire walks out and says, you two, out of the park, you cannot come to the next two games. Yeah, he wasn't messing around. So there's Dave and I, you know, and all, we were the only dads there. Some moms, and you know, it was afternoon game. And the coaches come over and say to me, "Andy, look, me and so and so, you know, we're out. Would you and Dave coach the next two games?" And I'm thinking. I know I can at least not get thrown out of the game. Okay, I think, I think this is something that I, if the if the bar is as low as don't get thrown out of the park, I can do this, I got this. Now, my point in telling you is this, because of some silly way I thought about myself, and again, you think I'm exaggerating, I promise I'm not. I, because of, you know, well, they're them and I can't do that, and these guys know all about baseball, I'll look at them, they're all professional, you know they used to be college athletes and I, I don't measure because of some stupid, honestly, just paper wall. I almost missed out on one of the greatest joys of my life. Because from that moment on, I started assistant coaching my boys' baseball teams. And when I look back on those pictures and when I drive by those baseball parks, it is still emotional because of the joy to be with my sons, to learn. I mean, it's just that, that season is one of the greatest seasons of my life. And I'm telling you, I almost missed it because I thought, oh no, I can't. Now here's the point, we all have these. And here's the thing, do you know what's on the other side of this? We don't know, we just think we know. And because we think we know, we're like, I'm too afraid. I can't do that. I'm not talented enough. I didn't get education. I don't know anybody, whatever, whatever, right? So is it possible? It's just, just, you gotta think about this. Is it possible you're missing out because you've walled yourself in? Is it possible that a because is actually an excuse? And you don't accept these from your children. You don't accept these from the people that you care about. You don't accept these at work. Why in the world would we accept these in people in the mirror, the person in the mirror? And maybe most importantly, why are we talking about this in church? Here's why. This is so important. There is a relationship between your ability, not your willingness. I wanna be clear about this. There is a relationship between your ability to follow Jesus And your willingness to push through your paper walls and to acknowledge that your reasons are excuses, your causes are actually excuses. And the reason I say that is because our excuses compete for lordship of our lives. An excuse can become your king. An excuse can become your master. An excuse can become your boss because you know what excuses do? Excuses tell you what you can't do. You can't do that. You shouldn't try that. You shouldn't try that again. You should not talk to him. You should not apologize. You should not acknowledge that. You should, you shouldn't. You should, you shouldn't. And next thing you know, your excuses are telling you what to do. You can't succeed at that nobody you know somebody already tried you remember what they said you remember what they had said last time next thing you know your excuses are your king they're sitting on the throne of your life and you as if you're a christian you could spend the rest of your life singing about king jesus and serving king excuse excuses if you don't like that the throne analogy i'll modernize it they can become a board of directors nah don't try that nah, <clears throat> don't talk to him don't talk to her don't show up for that don't go early Don't let them know you're coming. Don't acknowledge that. Don't admit that. Don't admit you're wrong. Why? Well, because, 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 because. let me tell you what's on the other side of this. So I know the answer to this. You don't have to answer it out loud. And I hope I'm not, you know, insulting anybody, but do you want excuses to be the boss of you? I don't. And we've never met, but I know you don't. But they will be the boss of us until we acknowledge they're not reasons, they're not real becauses, they're just the becauses and reasons we give, they're just excuses. We're making stuff up. And I wanna be fair, there are reasons why we make things up. There's something behind why we make things up. There's something behind why something inside of me causes me to blame something outside of me. But either way, regardless of the reason, regardless of the cause, Regardless of the fact that if I heard your story, I would say, oh my goodness, yeah, if that had happened to me, I have all kinds of paper walls when it comes to relationships or money or sexuality or any other, you know, any other topic. I mean, I I I get it, goodness gracious, right? But in spite of that, you you don't want excuses to be the boss of you. You you don't want to get to the end of your life and look back and think, Good grief, I spent my whole life behind this stupid. Wall that was nothing other than something I made up based on what somebody told me, something I believed, something I heard, something I read, something I was afraid of. So in the the book of Hebrews, in the New Testament, you know, the Old Testament, New Testament, the Bible's divided two parts. In the New Testament, the New Covenant, there's a, a we we'll call it a book. It's not really a book, it's a sermon called Hebrews. We don't know who wrote Hebrews. And in the document or the book of Hebrews, the author is trying to get some Jewish Christians not to use the difficult time they're going through as an excuse to quit following Jesus because they were following Jesus, they had hit some bumps. There were some difficult things going on. So we saying, look, please, please, please don't give up following Jesus because of these difficult things. That's not a good reason. That really, you're just, you're making an excuse. And in the midst of this conversation, in the midst of this, this document, he gives a general principle that whether you're a Bible person or not, a Christian person or not, this is just great advice. And here's what he says. He says, look, I know what's going on. I know you got a reason for your reasons. I know, you know that you've got a reason why you're manufacturing, fabricating these excuses, but let us, this is so good. Let us throw off everything that hinders. Let us, throw, as you think about the future, as you think about moving forward, he says, I want you to throw off anything that hinders. And the, the, it's sort of an analogy. It's kind of a sports analogy, strangely enough. That I don't use them much, but if they're in the Bible, I can't avoid them. Anyway, he's talking about running, he says, anything that hinders you from running, from racing, from staying in your lane, you just need to get rid of it. Rid yourself of every encumbrance, rid yourself of anything that's an impediment that, that trips you up. And, and this is so fascinating, and, or as an example of, and the sin that so easily entangles. Now. If you used to be a Christian or you're exploring faith, what I'm gonna say next is so important as you think about moving forward. And maybe if you've been a Christian a long time, this will put some things in perspective. This word sin, if you follow Jesus through the gospels, Jesus is very specific about what sin is. And he doesn't give a list. Here's five things not to do, here's four things. He doesn't do it that way. Do you know what sin was for Jesus? So consistent, sin was anything that hurt someone. Sin was anything that hurt someone and sin was anything that, that hurt you which makes sense because if God, for God so loved the world and he loved the people in the world, then he doesn't want the people of the world to get hurt and he doesn't want them to hurt each other. And and you're like a good parent, you know, when you see somebody do something to one of your kids or one of your kids does something to a brother or sister that hurts them, you're not upset because they broke a rule there, you're upset because your child got hurt, whether there was a rule about that or not. From now on, there's gonna be a rule, but we don't do that because it hurt your brother, hurt your sister. So anything that hurts the person, that's what sin is. And if you hurt yourself, From God's perspective, who loves you, that's a sin. Lying is a sin. Lying is a sin because you know what lying does? We talk about this. Lying breaks a relationship. You can't have a real relationship with somebody who lies to you. Lying breaks a relationship. Well, anything that breaks a relationship breaks God's heart because God's about relationship. So lying is a sin. And lying to yourself is a sin. Lying to yourself is a sin because lying to yourself hurts you. An excuse, if you wanna look at it from this perspective, an excuse is really just a lie we tell ourselves about ourselves. I can't, I'm not good enough, I tried. I don't, you know, a lie, an excuse, it's just a lie. We tell ourselves, we tell the person in the mirror about ourselves, and when when we lie to ourselves, we hurt ourselves, and when we hurt ourselves, we sin against ourselves. So when the author says, I want you to get rid of anything that's an impediment to you running your race and the sin that entangles you, it includes this. In fact, some of you have lied to yourself. You've got so many paper walls. In fact, before this series is over, maybe before this day is over, maybe we've already gotten there. You, you, some things have already come to mind. You've lied to yourself. You've hurt, you've hurt yourself, which means this is odd, but you owe yourself an apology. You should go home, you know, sort of being facetious, but maybe this would help you. You need to go home and look in the mirror and apologize to yourself. You know what? I've been lying to you, Andy, and I've been holding you back. I've been making up things and calling them reasons. They're not reasons. I've got all these becauses, but I've been lying to you. I'm not gonna lie to you anymore. I promise never to do it again. Because those aren't reasons, that's just stuff I'm made up and I'm standing here behind it like I can't move forward. And it's because I'm believing something and telling my something that's just, myself something that's just not true. So he says, come on, come on, come on, throw, this is great advice, Christian or not, throw off, throw off everything that hinders you and the sin that so easily entangles you. In other words, no more excuses. He says, and once you do, you're gonna be free. Back to the running thing. You're gonna be free to run. He says, and once you do, this is, this is so, I mean, you can almost hear the music in the background. And let us run. He says, let us run with perseverance or endurance. The race marked out for us. Now, this is a fascinating thing. Um, whether you're a religious person or not may determine how you interpret this. But if you're a Christian and you grew up with a notion or you believe that God has a plan for you, that's your race, That God has a will for your life, for your family, for, for, you know, that you do something on purpose and end up with purpose and look back on your life and feel like, hey, I, you know, my life mattered. He says, the author says, look, I want you to run the race. There's a race that's been marked out for all of us Jesus followers. And then there's a race that's been marked out for you specifically. And if you're not a Jesus follower, if you're not a Christian, you've got goals, right? I mean, you've got some mental picture of what could and should be for your future and your family. And the author is saying, look, Don't lose, come on, don't lose your own race and don't lose your own race because you blame things that really weren't even real to begin with. Would you just get rid of anything that holds you back so that you can at least run and compete in the race that God has laid out for you? Yeah, instead of just making stuff up. Now, what he says next, I wanna tell you what he says next before I show you how the author says it next. This is such a huge idea. This could be a you know, message in and of itself, but we talk about these kinds of things all the time, so I don't wanna just keep going back and back and back. What he says next, and this is so subtle, and this is so challenging. He says, you need to quit focusing on yourself. Do what? He says, yeah, you need to quit focusing on yourself. If you live for yourself, you only have yourself to show for yourself, right? Live for yourself, in the end, you only have yourself to show for yourself. Great funerals, you know what a great funeral is? There's so much to celebrate, we run out of time. Do you know what a bad funeral is? Nobody wants to speak for the deceased. Pastor Stanley, you've got 30 minutes. We got nothing. Well, I don't even know, well, it doesn't matter because there's, there's not a lot to talk about. Just, you know, let's just get through it, right? Live for yourself. You'll only have yourself to show for yourself. People who build paper walls, and again, nobody does it on purpose, but people who build paper walls and live behind paper walls, people who make excuses rarely make much of a difference. Have you noticed that? But people who live behind paper walls and make excuses, even though reasons—you know we, we buy their reasons, at the end of the day, they, they rarely make much of a difference because paper walls keep you and keep me from being engaged. Paper walls, they make us small. They make us self-absorb. Paper walls, they rob you and they rob others. And paper walls rob the people around you of you. Here's a harsh reality. This is, this is super deep. You may not agree with this and that's okay. Excuses, excuses, not always, but maybe more times than we wanna admit. Excuses are often selfishness disguised as humility. Oh, that was me. Like, thanks for that opportunity, but I'm busy. Liar, you sound so humble. You let the other pastors have that opportunity. You look so humble. You're just afraid. Sometimes our excuses, you know, they come across as humility when it's really anything but. Now, if you're not a religious person, not a Christian, exploring faith, but not quite there yet, I'm just gonna, I need to drop you off right there. You're certainly welcome to listen to the rest of the message, but I'm just gonna leave you there. So between now and next time, don't miss next time, You know, just acknowledge, start looking for paper walls and decide you're gonna throw off anything that gets in the way of you finishing the race that you have set out for you, whether you think God has set one out for you or not, okay? Because this is relevant to all of us. But if you're a Jesus follower, there's more. If you're a Jesus follower, the author says, oh yeah, one more step, this is so powerful. And many of you've heard this verse so many times, you've memorized it. He says, "And while you're, you know, well, let me just read the whole thing. Let us throw off, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, no period, just same sentence, fixing, it's a participle, as you go, fixing your eyes, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Literally looking away to Jesus or Looking away to Jesus. <clears throat> Looking away from the excuses. Looking away from the fears, the lack of opportunity, the lack of resources, the failure in the past, maybe even a disability. Looking away, fixing our eyes on Jesus. When we, this is so powerful, will you fix your eyes on Jesus? Are we talk about following Jesus? When you choose to follow Jesus, you will eventually have to stop manufacturing excuses. If you really decide to follow Jesus, Jesus will lead you through these. Jesus will expose those. If you follow Jesus, you will eventually have to stop manufacturing excuses because you'll eventually have to stop lying to the people around you and lying to yourself. We will stop hiding behind the, you know, the why nots. I know this is a little hokey, but it's true. We'll begin asking, why not? Why not forgive? Why not initiate that conversation? Why not try again? Why not sign up? Why not finish my education? Why not just pay off that debt? Why not just be honest with her, be honest with him? Why not, when you follow Jesus, he's gonna lead you through all this nonsense and what was so scary and what shut you down one minute, it's gonna be an opportunity the next, because he loves you. And, and you know this, right? The people in it, truth, the people who do the most good in the world are often the people who have the most reasons not to. I mean, aren't those the stories where like, oh my goodness. I mean, they didn't have paper walls. They had actually actual reasons. And look at what they accomplished in the world. They just, they just took what they had and they did something with it. And, and, and instead of you know, spending all this energy coming up with becauses and reasons and excuses, they just, they just did what they could and they've done remarkable things. I feel like my dad's one of those people. Sandra's dad is one of those people. So you, dad, why don't you be one of those people? Mom, be one of those people. High school senior, be one of those people. Single adult, new to Atlanta, just be one of those people that decides, you know what? It doesn't matter what I have or don't have. I'm just, I'm just not gonna live my life behind a fabricated reason and excuse. I'm almost done. There, there's, there's a relationship between our ability to run our race with endurance and our willingness, and it's willingness, it's not ability, and our willingness to acknowledge that we're living behind paper walls. There is a, there is a there's an, you know, Undeniable relationship between your ability to become what you wanna become and to fulfill your potential, whether it's spiritual or not, there's a, there's a relationship between that and your willingness to acknowledge excuses for what they are. And then for those of us who are Jesus followers, there's a relationship between our ability, not our willingness, our ability to follow Jesus and our willingness to acknowledge an excuse for what it really is, something that hinders us. So, whether you're a religious person or not, Christian or not, here's what we can all agree on. We all need to shut down the excuse factory. We all need to get in the habit of saying, well, the re, okay, my excuse is, well, because, my excuse is, well, I've never been, well, my excuse up until now has been because they just weigh you down, they hold you back, they rob you of potential. And do you know what? They make you small. They make us small. They make us self-centered. And we pass it off or try to pass it off as humility. Some things are worth carrying forward season to season. Some things are worth for carrying forward year to year. Excuses are not one of those things. They need to be left behind. And if you choose to leave them behind, you'll be better off. And if you choose to leave them behind, your family will be better off or your future family will be better off. And if we all decide to leave them behind, the world will be a better place because we will be free to follow our savior instead of saying no for reasons that are no reason at all. So let's shut down. The excuse factory. Let's move beyond our paper walls. And in part two, I'll start the process of telling you how. So don't miss part two of paper walls moving beyond the excuses that hold you back. Before you go, Three questions to keep the conversation going or maybe to get the conversation going with the folks that you're watching today uh, with today. Number one, if you ever exposed and discarded a, of a personal excuse, in other words, maybe you're listening to this going, hey, I did that one time. I realized that there was something I used as an excuse for a long time and I finally realized, no, this is just, just an excuse. If, you, if you've if you been through this process, you should share that with your family or you should share that with the people in your small group because some of that's going to be in common with what we talk about next time. Number two, during the message, were you reminded of something you tell yourself as a way to avoid responsibility or opportunity? Number have you been lying to yourself? Do you owe yourself an apology? Parents, grandparents, one of the most important things we can teach our kids is how to discern or differentiate between an excuse and a reason. And one of the best ways to teach it is to model it. So let's go first and let's go first out loud. Let's not run the risk of losing our own grace. Heavenly Father, thank you for the reminder. Thanks for calling us out from behind the things that we hide behind. Father, we all struggle with this at some level. We are insecure. We're afraid. We have failures. It was a failed relationship and failed financially. We tried. Somebody made fun of us. There's all kinds of things. And Father, we know it's kind of silly, but it is real, real, real. So give us eyes to see. Give us the courage to respond. And I pray that as a result of our time together today, as a result of our time together through this series, that we would be free to live the life you've called us to live. And that we would model for the next generation what it looks like to punch through the paper walls. In Jesus' name, amen.